you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL podcast is a big fan of the double doink. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. Coming to you from a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Nice fest. Thank it you. It is a nice fest. I enjoy whatever is happening over here right it's now. January. <laughs> you start digging through the closet. Bring out the uh, big green vest. Big green bring vest. It it's chilly. People think, you know, you live in, in Los Angeles and... Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, it's just uh, hot all year round. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, you know, my my lovely wife would say, well, what's the point of living in California if we're cold all the time? Damn. Our house is cold. Your wife you know, hates it here. It's tough, yeah. <laughs> there are some, uh, she hates there's it, some evidence pointing to that. Some. Hate, hate strong. <laughs> Not a huge fan. Um, we had a tragedy right before we came upstairs. We taped an hour later last Thursday. Uh, back to our regular noontime Pacific, which everyone on, watching on YouTube knows at this point. Uh, this Thursday show every week you can catch on NFL.com, on YouTube. I Poor Greg. They did a nice job at the commissary, at the huddle, with with a gyro. About time. A gyro. 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 No, only dumb Americans call it gyro. Sauce. Gyro. Tzatziki <laughs> sauce. Cucumber, tomato. Nice, nice pronunciation. And um, I got mine a little bit earlier, knowing the 12 o'clock start. As Mark and I stand up to head upstairs, Greg Rosenthal start takes, takes his first giant bite into his gyro. It's a messy one, too. Yeah. And it's, it's a problematic uh, situation because he was under the impression that we were taping an hour later. How much of the gyro were you able to get down? Are you able to salvage it? Did you put it in the fridge? Did you throw it out? Where I wish I had put it in the fridge. It's just sitting there on my desk. Oof. To the pleasure of the people sitting around you, I'm it's sure. It's got flies. an odor. No, no one sits around us, so that's good. Well, uh, there are some shadowy league figures. And the head of our newsroom. Yeah, like maybe I, maybe a little less a little less than half, and um, some of it got on my Eel. pants as I was trying to like scarf it down quickly, so oh. yeah, not ideal. <laughs> well, you got... Two of the best Euro places in the city right down the street, and you're going to the huddle. 
Well, there's not much time, you know. Yeah. We had I had NFL now right before, you know. We we not always have a all. wife that works in the building, West, and brings us lunch in the <laughs> middle right. of the afternoon. Wait, <laughs> go. When was the last time? When you, is that? An accurate dirty bomb shot at West. When's the last time you walked off campus to go uh, to go eat? You know, Lakeisha takes Maybe. care of you. I the see last it. time I was here, two mm. days ago. Mm. I barely get a home cooked meal at home. And I see Lakeisha running over these full newlywed meals, and it's like, damn, I gotta get the, my wife. In who the does building. the cooking in my kitchen? Yeah, that's fair. Well, wait till the child comes. Many things will change. I'm sure in your case, Wes, nothing will change at all. <laughs> Everything will stay static as it is today. I am. I have never said that, nor do I expect it. How exciting is it that we have reached divisional round weekend? Famously, the best weekend of the football calendar for many, uh, because you got rid of all the. Floatsome? Flotsam. Flotsam. And Jetsam. Jetsam. Sometimes, some years. And the Jets. Some years you don't. Like the Mariota Titans two years ago. Or the Tim Tebow Broncos. But Stop. this year, we got rid the of them. Derrick Henry Titans, and they're back for more. Right. But that team was not winning any more games after they mm. got to the divisional round. Uh, the Brock Osweiler Texans. My point is, usually there's like one team that doesn't Just belong, doesn't quite That fit. has no chance to win the Super Bowl. I think all... Well, I think all eight of these teams at least are fun to watch. I will take that Tebow win oh, over the Steelers, way to though. Walk it back. Well, uh, you know, but if the worst team has Deshaun Watson as its quarterback, uh, you know, you're doing all right. And the the fam- they're not going to the Super Bowl, though. Sorry, the, the famous by this standards of this podcast feud between me and Titans fan Titans fans. It came to came full circle. Put a nice little bow on it. Um, a columnist for the Tennessean Gentry Estes reached out to me and we did an interview about my complicated relationship <laughs> with the Tennessee Titans this week, which you could check out, I'm sure, uh, soon. Um, the Titans are no more. But mm. if they lay it, if they lay, what did you call it, That's a nice, What kind of egg was it? Uh, more rotten egg than a collar of red, riddled uh, Easter bunny. Mm. If, if Tannehill delivers another 75-yard performance and they get blown out, do, do we start to think that the Titans Tannehill are wasn't back? bad in that no, game? No, he was fine. They won a game in Foxborough. No, uh, they're playing the greatest okay. regular season. I don't team think of the, so either. This feels different. This is that's a nice uh, story that it, the Dan Hansis and Titans like. You know, One could argue that heartwarming. Dan's had his finger on the pulse of the Titans right. for the last few. Years. It's a lot nicer than when the Chicago Tribune tried to ask, "Why do you have Ryan Pace ranked thirty second? <laughs> hey, how's that? That's not looking as oh, bad anymore. Way down. Um, all right, so we're going to go through the four games. Of course, we'll do another halftime of the podcast to uh, share some takeaways from the press conferences, introducing the new head coaches in New York, in Dallas, and in Charlotte, and. Um, Still nothing out of Cleveland, Mark. We're, we're still waiting. Well, you, yeah, you have that zipped up very high, and I'm going to zip up my little fleece just to be just the same, to look the same as yours. Okay. Um, welcome to the audio portion of the podcast, Mark. <laughs> um, nothing out of, out of Cleveland yet. No plumes of smoke from Jimmy Haslam's uh, mansion estate. I, I, and I'm not waiting around breathlessly for, for whatever they produce on that front. I mean, wait, I, at this point, please. Uh, all right, let's get to it. And remember, we got to make locks. This is Greg. You have a chance to really close out the season here if you can somehow gain ground on on Mark, uh, who is one game out. I was going to say, there's three weeks left. Uh, that's not true. If you, You're one game up on Greg, uh, on Mark, two games up on me, three on Wes. So if you can nail this week, you are in the driver's yeah, seat, my friend. I thought about this multiple times, and you could deliver a kill shot to me, essentially, I think this week. And let, and let, at best, I tie you, which is ridiculous. Anyone calling a tie 
If you the, lost, but you would have to lose, which I have no control over. Yeah. And we are eligible to pick any of these games, any team in any of these games. Is that correct? Of course. Yeah, okay. all around I'm football. Just, I don't want any, you know, heat about it after. That's all. <laughs> all right. Let's get to it. <laughs> what do you have up your sleeve? Huh? I'm not. I don't Remember? even know who I'm locking yet. <laughs> all right. Let's get to Please. it. Let's start. I don't buy that. <laughs> I don't. I don't uh, no, I do not. Sorry. Let's start with the Minnesota Vikings uh, coming off a tremendous upset win in New Orleans. And their prize now is to head west, young men, uh, to the big bell bottom to face the 13-3 and Niners coming off a bye. This is the Saturday 4.35 p.m. game. Uh, and, man, here it is, Wes, because Kirk Cousins had the big overtime performance. They nearly let that game get away against the Saints, but they closed it out. And doesn't it feel like the Vikings, are, again, are going to be feeling loose and the opposite of tight after st- stunning the Saints and now being an underdog once again? Sure, I think they'll be loose. And it's Cousins against his most loyal and vocal advocate, Kyle Shanahan, on the opposing sideline. A couple of quarterbacks who had to prove themselves to football Twitter this year get to get the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. And I think Garoppolo did it uh, maybe a month or two earlier than Cousins. But it's two play-action quarterbacks from the same sort of scheme, the same Shanahan scheme, Mike Shanahan. Um, And I think you'll see a difference that Cousins likes. I guess it's not his reputation, but one of the best deep ball passers in the league. And when he's Mm. not passing deep, he tends to check down. Whereas Garoppolo carves you up over the middle of the field with help from the best play caller in the business, opening large tracts of prairie land for his receivers. Hmm. Question. You said tight. And also opposite of loose. So are, aren't those the same thing, Dan? Just wanted to clarify. You know what I was trying to say. Yeah. Okay, cool. See, it could have been more efficient, sure. But um, so it's could gone. Have, it's over. Yeah, so it's could out have the last door. 20 seconds of the podcast. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I'm thrilled to see this Vikings team. I mean, you could have edited it out of the show in post. And the show would have been better, and none of this would ever. Yeah, happen. but now you're going to get like funny tweets being like, "Oh, opposite of loose and tight." <laughs> ah, okay. Go Nothing ahead. is organic in this production. <laughs> I am weirdly more excited about this game, I think, than any of the other. Oh, I can tell. Four. I don't know why. I I love this four. I've loved this 49ers team all year. I think they're the most talented team in the NFC. They should be considered the favorite and yet I think the Vikings are a very dangerous opponent for them this week because they're a veteran team who I think can transform what they do on a week-to-week basis as Dan said I think they're they're somehow better in this position as kind of the road team that's an underdog they already suffered a a terrible loss uh, in Green Bay and it's mostly just about the defense that They've been together for now five or six years. Eight of their starters have played together for five years. And you would think, okay, it's an aging defense. A lot of them aren't um, in their prime. But I don't know. It's like Kendricks is in his prime. Anthony Harris has been maybe the key player in beating the Packers and Saints in back-to-back weeks. Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin are playing certainly like they're in their prime. Daniil Hunter's amazing. And you look at them going to San Francisco, and I don't think if Adam Thielen is healthy, and unfortunately he hurt his ankle this week at practice, got stitches. We a don't weird know, injury. We, yeah, we don't know what the deal is with that. I think if you just look at these two rosters, it's not like it's some 
big mismatch, whether it's coaching, whether it's talent, whether it's everything. It feels like this could be the Vikings' time. Like, they've been together. This is their third playoff run together. They've won a couple playoff games together, whereas the 49ers, it's the first time in this spot. They've been off a couple weeks, and it's just it doesn't mean you just walk in and you beat the Vikings. No, you can see it because the, every year you get a team like this that – a lot of monkeys thrown off the back in the past couple of weeks for Kirk Cousins and all that nonsense, all that narrative has been flushed out. And you see a team that's healthy. They've got, they, they were not the same when they didn't have Dalvin Cook in their wide routes when we get all that. Thielen is a pretty big asterisk to the right. healthy I, I well, we'll know. see. We'll see. We'll see. That, we'll see. But I, I mean, ju- it's a gas that needed stitches, and he's at the point where he's saying, I'm just trying to do figure out a way to get out there. And he was huge last week, but I – I also look at a Niners team that has not been the same on defense without D Ford, and they're getting D Ford back. And you know the numbers and the, the splits from when he's not on the field to when he is are drastic, and it changes Nick Bosa. And they essentially over the last five games allowed quarterbacks to a twelve to one touchdown to pick ratio. I mean, teams were feasting on that defense, mm-hmm. and I think it's huge to have them back. And there's something that happens when we cover these playoff games, and a team like the Niners disappears from our hemisphere for yes. 14 to 17 days, and then we're all delighted by the Vikings, as we should be. I mean, that yes. was a, a nice, beautiful win by them. But you almost then click into downgrading a Niners team that has shown up in every single game they've been in this year. They're at home. They're the best team. They're the 13-3 and three team for a reason. I, I don't view it as prime, you know, trap game material for San Francisco. There are no, I mean, there's no trap games at this stage. But uh, to, to your point, like, you, you can easily forget about how battle-tested the Niners were throughout December before they went away on their bye. And they... Here's the thing. If you're thinking that this is a team as talented as they are, that they're just going to run away from teams, it just hasn't been happening a while. During the, that test and all those matchups, uh, uh, games that were decided by 3-2-7, but it was really 1. It was on that that weird Falcons last play of the game. So 3-2-1-3, and then 5 against the Seahawks in the last play of the game. This team has been playing tight games like the Seahawks. They, they've been finding a way to win games. And I can see another close game here. I really can. I think the Vikings are really well set up. The Thielen thing is huge. He, uh, he He's practicing yeah. and somehow his ankle gets slashed and he gets stitched It's crazy. Stephon Diggs is under the weather uh, as we record this. He it's seems a short to be, week too for them. He seems to be on, on the right path and they don't feel like he's going to miss the game. But God, if anybody else remembers when you, when you get sick, you're not always right for a few what, days. One mini notation. If we do discover that Adam Thielen was felled by an animal of any sort, that, that is still sandwich territory. That's said, out yeah, there. He, he did get tripped up uh, in practice, apparently. I don't, I don't know. Maybe he got spiked no, somehow. No, this is right up your alley, too, Mark. You have such a um, loophole here, if you want. Mm. We're all animals. That's another way to look at it. I think I believe I said non-human, but I'd, I'd have to check. And, so. and I'm fa- I, am, I am falling for you know the team that played really well last weekend and could they play well again? Like, that is what's happening to me. And mm-hmm. I, I don't care. Like, it, it, you, it's impossible to predict. It's not like I feel confident that they're going to win this game, but I did pick them to win. And it yeah, was, but you know how you are when you pick games. You talk yourself into that scenario playing out. You get really into it when you yeah, pick a game. Yeah, I, I do. I've convinced myself. I can, for some reason, I got this image of Kirk Cousins on opening night, the uh, you know the media night, and just the story of like they're gonna they win this game, then they win in Green Bay, and then they probably get blown out in the Super Bowl. I just it just all felt like things are gonna happen just because 
Just because the guy wins one big game. Well, not. it's really not because of Kirk Cousins. It really is because of their team. It was their defense. They embarrassed the Saints. If it wasn't for the Taysom Hill play, they made the Saints look like they're little punks. I mean, they their defense could not have played better. And there was something about it where it's like their, their team defense in terms of covering for each other, Kendricks in coverage, everything that they were doing, they sort of came together as one. And it was like the sum of their parts were greater, and their parts are great. And they've and there is something to me about that they've been together this long, and 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 who, this might be their last chance. And they played like their very best in the biggest spot. That I could just see that happening again. And I don't think the matchups are so bad. I don't, for I them. don't love all elements of their secondary, and I could see Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders right. having big days that's too. Where, I mean, it's you but know that's where the mismatches are. They I think they actually are a rare team that can throw some people at Kittle. And use check, which is there aren't a lot of teams that have linebackers and they play three safeties. Nobody every, can cover Kittle. Nobody can, but they at least they they play three safeties everything every single snap. Right. I mean, they have and, Anthony and Harris the out there. Didn't make them pay for playing Andrew Sandejo at Nickelback, which I believe Kyle Shanahan will make them pay for that. The parabolic mics, by the way, Greg did pick it up at one point. The Vikings said to the Saints, "You guys are our punks." <laughs> Well, I was going to use the B word, but I, I don't know, know if that's, you, you know. That's not that's, that's, that's how I use it in real life. That's how I use it in real life. You're a total pro, bro. Pro's bro. <laughs> George, I could totally see George Kittle. He's already a famous football player, but n- maybe becoming a household name in these playoffs, especially uh, they got to win a couple games for it to happen. But can't you see George Kittle having 175 yards yes. in this yes, game yeah. and just completely dominating? And then, you know, I think uh, in general – Football Twitter and how the game is covered. Uh, maybe this is just recency bias, but it seems like it's more sophisticated now. And a larger number of people are aware of how important Kittle is beyond just the passing game and that he's also the best blocking tight end since uh, Gronk is like a two-way player. He has it all going on. He's so important to the team. And you just imagine, especially all these guys, it's such a huge benefit to get a week off that even things we don't know about, they get a week to, to rest and get recharged for these games. I think it helped the Vikings a lot. I think you're right. And, and now they're on a short week. And now here we are. Kittle, I could see him going off, and that would be very bad news for me. Greg, you don't want to – we could do a lock-off here. You, you, you're I'm very invested in no, the Vikings. I don't well, feel confident in, the, in that at all. I but just, you published – you were confident enough to publish yeah, on just NFL. just to pick a close so. game. I mean, I would say – Who'd you, you pick? I picked the Vikings. I mean, I all these games are close to 50-50. I'm happy I went 3-1 and one last week. The, the, the lock was the only one that... I mean, I wasn't setting you up for that information. Right. Well, if you're going to come at me, that's that's what comes back I'm in, at I'm you. In, I'm coming at you with an invitation, no, Of course not. I an mean, invitation to you in know, a, some sportsmanship I like them. I like them to keep it close you know, more than anything. But I do, would worry a little bit that how much better the 49ers offense was down the street. I mean, the 49ers offense was better than their defense down the stretch. I don't really buy the whole D Ford factor. I mean, it helps to have an extra... There's a lot of things going on. Their it, secondary was banged right. up. Quan Alexander was out right. the whole time. Quan He's Alexa- back too, though. Quan Alexander might be back too. I mean, D You don't Ford- think that Ford and Alexander make a dip? What do you mean you don't buy I, it? What does that mean? That It was that huge a factor. I mean, number one, D Ford was terrible this year. No, that's, that's, okay, that that's is, insane. Right, that, that is insane. That is insane. Okay, D Ford was productive. D, Ford, on, D Ford played 25 snaps a game. Hey, don't back right. down so quick. No, no, he's right. He wasn't He only plays on passing downs because that's his strength. Because he wasn't really healthy, so he was like their sixth lineman. So I, I guess I'm not buying that that was like the, the whole reason that t- those 25 snaps a game that they mm. declined. I'm not buying. Well, You're let's not see buying. if you'll be buying it what by Saturday mean? night. 
Uh, Steve Ford's out, a really good football player. That's all there he is, is to it. He is. If he had had this the year that he had this year, a year ago, they wouldn't have traded for him. They wouldn't have given him that contract. I totally disagree. He's yeah. been playing really well this year. But he played 400 snaps, I guess is my point. Well, you can be a designated pass rusher just like Cam Wake, who you love, and only play 20 snaps and still be really effective. Quan Alexander playing in this game, for yeah. sure. It, so- sounds it sounds like, like it, sounds, it. And, that, and that helps him out, too. The Vikings offensive line in theory, should be a weakness. They're looking a little better in terms of... The, they look better when Dalvin Cook is out there in, in the running game. They've now been in this Gary Kubiak system for a year. They've pretty much played together. It's been the same five guys almost the entire year, so that's good. But the matchups are obviously not good when it's Armstead. And By the way, if you hire Kevin Stefanski, does Gary Kubiak go with you? I'd be concerned if the answer is... Not yes. It's a pretty fascinating um, weekend for like the Mike Shanahan influence over these play over the league. I mean, he's maybe the most underrated in terms of influence in the NFL. You got you got a son. You got Kubiak, uh, and then uh, in the other game, who do we have? What am uh, I? Who am I forgetting? That's a good question. I don't know. Way to put everyone on the spot there, Greg. We have to <laughs> I'm just through and take a look. No, I'm uh, just I'm just blanking on the other NFC game. It's another one of uh, his. Uh, Proteges uh, in Green Bay. Matt Lafleur. Matt Lafleur is under the go. Kyle Shanahan. It's all happening. Uh, <laughs> back to Quan Alexander. The biggest weakness of San Francisco's defense is against the run. In fact, all but four games this season did they uh, surrender at least 100 yards on the ground. What did you guys think about Dalvin Cook? Um, I thought he looked really good. I know his numbers didn't back that up necessarily. I think he was about three and a half yards a carry, but they made him a focal point of the offense, uh, and he seemed to be healthy. Uh, Wes, what were you seeing from Cook? I thought he looked fantastic. I thought he looked just like he did earlier in the year when he was explosive. That's a big X factor, too. And... I saw a stat from Next Gen Stats that he is basically lapping the field in plays in which he reaches 15 or more miles an hour, which just means he's explosive. I mean, he's truly an explosive running back, and he did it again last week, according to Next Gen Stats numbers. 84 yards in the first half. I want If this is going to go Minnesota's way, you can't get into one of these scenarios where Dalvin Cook has 18 yards at the break and everyone's asking what's wrong with this Offense. I mean, they, they need to just dial that up again. And they need they need Hunter and Griffin to beat those two tackles who on paper are good, have been a little up and down in terms of Staley uh, and McGlinchey, and, and make J- Jimmy G, who by the end of the year, I felt like he had all the answers to the test. Like against Seattle on third, those third and longs, you know, he knows that Kyle Shanahan offense so much better than he did in September. And he had a really good uh, sense of basically where every receiver was and – Made a lot of tough plays to, to win down the stretch. Let's he was pick. a he was a top five quarterback in every major stat after the Emmanuel Sanders trade. Mm. Let's pick this game, uh, Mark. I'm gonna go San Francisco twenty seven Vikings twenty. West. That's good. Giving the Vikings some all year. I said oh, yeah. never pick against the Vikings at home, but they're not nearly the same team on the road. And I know they played well in the Saints dome last week, but I don't like them outdoors against San Francisco, who's a better team. So. 49ers, 27, Vikings, 19. I'll go Niners, 28, Vikings, 24. Very good game. And as they've been doing, the Niners step up uh, when it mm. matters most, and they, they move on to the NFC title game. I had, yeah, I had a 30 to 27 for the Vikings. I think I think Kirk Cousins can can do it again. It, there's, 
It just feels like the 49ers are one of those teams that were great all year, and then suddenly it's like their season's over out of nowhere. I sort of hope I'm wrong because they'd be a much <laughs> feels more, like that to you. I'm more fun. Yeah, they'd be a more that fun. feels like the Seahawks to me too. That'd but. be a more fun Super Bowl team to cover, and the best Super Bowl possible, I think, right now would include the 49ers. All right, let's move on to the late game on Saturday. It's an 8:15 Eastern kickoff. The Tennessee Titans, yes, fresh off that uh, huge win uh, last week against the Patriots, ending the dynasty in New England. It's over. Do we want to talk about that more? I'm down with talking. Sure, we've got we've got <laughs> as much over. time as we need. So. Moving on. Close the book. On one of the great runs. As, as you would say, you can't hurt me now. It is so nice that uh, to have a weekend without the Patriots right now. It's kind of mind-boggling. Uh, Mark and I have had every January weekend without our favorite teams for well Rich over person dilemma right there. Um, all right. So the Titans, after that huge win in New England, go on the road, and they get the best team in football. The 14-2 Baltimore Ravens, the first seed in the AFC. Uh, they have not lost since... September 29th, 2019, winning and winning and winning. What can stop the Ravens? Mark, what can stop the Ravens? Is it the Titans? Well, I think the the recipe would need to be similar to what we saw last week, where the Titans, similar to the Vikings, kind of just feeling themselves right now, rolled right into New England and said, we don't really care about the history here at Foxborough or the fact that the greatest coach and the greatest quarterback of our time are lining up against us. And now in Baltimore, you know, it's similar. You're dealing with a force that is unlike any other team in the league. And you have to simply not care and go do what you are. You can't change what you are at this point. And it's not, I, I wouldn't worry about so much on defense because Greg, you pointed out in your picks for this one that Cleveland kept Baltimore scoreless. <laughs> Greg made 20... a face like he couldn't believe it. I was shocked it. that you read it. <laughs> no, I check it. I like I like checking out the the work of my friends. That's how it works. But you mentioned a good point that Cleveland went all out to shut down Baltimore and kept them scoreless for like almost the first half of that second time they played each other. And you just then they wound up scoring like 33 points. You just cannot keep Baltimore down. So the only antidote I would suggest would be. Get, I don't care if Derrick Henry had 206 rushing attempts last game. You do it again. You do the best you can. This is your ticket out of here. Because I, I look at the secondary and don't know how A.J. Smith's going to suddenly have a big game against one of the better man coverage secondaries in the league. Something that Tannehill is specialized against. But Marcus Peters and Jimmy Smith, good luck with that. We'll see how that works. I think the doubts that creep their way into the minds of otherwise uber-confident Ravens fans late at night take the form of Derrick Henry's 75-yard juggernaut drive to close out the first half against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. He, I thought he was as quick, explosive, um, big play-oriented, vision, everything, as impressive as any power back I've ever seen in my entire life last week. He was that good, and he has what Priest Holmes and Le'Veon Bell have referred to in the past as a flawless synchronicity with his offensive line, where his timing with his blockers and the way his blockers are playing is reaching that point where it's really hard to stop, and nobody's really stopped it in two months. It's just, it's one of these rushing attacks you only see come come along like once every three or four years. And if you think of that Raven secondary, yeah, great in man coverage. I'd like to see Marcus Peters try to tackle Derrick Henry or Jimmy Smith try to tackle Derrick Henry. The Patriots' plan was to let Henry, 
you know, run as much as he wanted and take their chances that way. And the reason it didn't work is because J.C. Jackson and and some of their uh, guys in the secondary couldn't get him to the ground. So I think Henry does his best work outside, and that's what they're going to want to do. Get him outside, get him against that secondary. Even the linebackers for Baltimore, you know, maybe aren't the greatest tacklers in the world. And hope for the best that you can break some tackles. I, I give credit to the Titans for because it's unorthodox in the modern NFL to give a running back back the ball almost 70 times over two weeks. But it's like we have something special here and we're not going to worry about running this guy into the ground because he's one of the more special physical specimens that the NFL has right now. And he's a free agent. And what better time than now? I hope it's not a DeMarco Murray situation, but that's also the reality of the business. I I, I would think they would want to stay in business with a 26-year-old superstar coming off a rushing title, but you never know at this position. And um, so good on them, and I I expect that to happen more. And and you guys are saying, Tana, Hill wasn't bad, and yes, I mean, it wasn't like he played poorly, just didn't do much at all. I think the, the ticket for the Titans here, they just got to play their best game of the season. They need to go on the road, and Tannehill has to be the guy that was shredding people. He needs to make plays, and I think that Derrick Henry has to have another huge game, and then they need a little help on the other side. I think the Ravens are that good where a lot of things have to break Tennessee's way, and one of them is here are the things if you're a Ravens fan also. You're worried about Derrick Henry, obviously. You're also maybe a little nervous that this will be the first action of consequence for the Ravens regulars in 20 days when they kick off. That's three weeks. It's good. Uh, we're just saying it's great to have time off, but at what point does Rust enter the equation? The Mark Ingram situation is something to watch here. He practiced in full last week during the bye week. Then he has what seems like a setback this week with a strained calf. He did return to practice Thursday in a limited capacity, which obviously is trending in a good uh, direction. Uh, and then the last thing, I don't put much stock in this at all, but it's worth saying that for three and a half quarters last January in Lamar Jackson's only other playoff game, uh, he was pretty bad. And and that was against the Chargers, and that's ancient history now. Uh, but, you know, maybe things linger in the mind in a, in a big, huge playoff game. I still think the Ravens are going to win this game, but you could squint and find ways to make this game something that people are not expecting, which is very close. I think we would just need that in that playoff loss last year and when the Ravens have been, you know, damaged for a half at a time or something, there's pressure on Lamar Jackson. He's thrown off his element a little bit, or there's been mistakes. They just haven't made many mistakes at all this year, but Mark Ingram had a critical fumble in the Cleveland loss, and last year in that playoff game to Los Angeles, they were never. he never really got right. in, in, in rhythm. But they were, he kind of even did in the second they half. Just weren't, I mean, they just weren't remotely the same team. I mean, this is the... They ran for more yards, not only than any team in NFL history. They ran for more than they threw the ball. I mean, this this running attack, this Ravens team is so much different. They are a track team, and I think the only way to keep up with them is the Titans are a bit of a track team too. I mean, Brown, Henry, Jonu Smith, maybe Corey Davis. Those are the guys. They're going to have to rip off some 50-yard plays and I think win a game that's in the 30s. There's no way this Titans defense that has no pass rush is going to keep... The, t- right. the Ravens under 30. I think they just are going to have to somehow win a shootout. And you never know, because Tannehill, I think he had the top numbers in the league against the Blitz, 120 pass rating against Blitz. He had some great throws against the Patriots against the Blitz, even even though his numbers weren't great. He had Three a couple- of his top four throws in that game right. didn't count because of either drops or penalty, but he made the throws. But even the, like the third and nine that kind of clinched it in the, in the touchdown, those were against pressure. Uh, and the Ravens blitz more than anyone else, makes them a little more vulnerable to a big play. I, again, we're coming up with all these reasons only because 
like the Ravens are so right. good. I like mean, there's everything I like about the Titans in this game. I like two things about the Ravens. I think Jeff Fisher put it well in an interview this week. He said, when the quarterback's got legs, you're a man short on D. When he's got legs like Lamar Jackson, you're two men short. Yep. You're basically playing nine on 11 when they've got Lamar Jackson and the way he's played. I do think we've talked about Derrick Henry as one thing the Titans have for them, but it's not often that you see a power back on a streak like this with a quarterback also on a streak like this. And Tannehill, like Marcus said and like Greg has said, his great numbers, as good as just about anybody in the league, versus the blitz uh, and versus man-to-man coverage. Tannehill basically has great numbers versus everything this year. He's been that good, <laughs> and they have the weapons to, to keep up. They Yeah, they just don't have the defense. I mean, Adoree Jackson being back last week I think helps them a lot because they, they had such a big drop-off from him. He did miss practice earlier, but it, it sounds like he's good to go. You figure he's the guy guarding Marquise Brown. The only defenses that had a little bit of success against Baltimore made them one-dimensional. They really shut down the pass. I don't think you're going to stop the run, but but teams like the Bills and the 49ers shut down the pass. At least they have kind of a veteran coaching staff that I don't think I, I you don't know what they're going to do. They change what they're like the Patriots and the Ravens. They change who they are week to week. I think the Patriots offense was shocked that the Titans came out last week and they were they didn't do anything. They didn't blitz them. They just said, hey, Tom Brady beat us. They didn't blitz. I mean, they just sat back and they're like, we don't think you have the guys. We're not going to do anything. They didn't do anything exotic. They just said, beat us. You guys are trash. And well, that they're worked. Right. They, it's not gonna, that, that recipe feels less likely to succeed against right, Lamar that's what Jackson. I mean, they're yeah. the type of team that I think then could go the total opposite way and get crazy this week, whether I, that works I'm locking up the Ravens and I have, and, and with no shame because I, I am in a... I'm one Maybe game. a little bit because you already hinted earlier yeah. that. Is <laughs> it okay if we can I lock up anybody? I'm one game behind Greg and like I, I'm going to have to go into showdown mode next week. I'm not, I'm not going to do it this year. I think you could look in the mirror, but it's just you, that was a bit of a tell when you hey, we lock up anybody for this exact reason <laughs> that they, and you already know what you're doing. You're trying to stir the pot. I could care less. I am taking them. They're going to win, and I'm going to next week. I'm going to have to figure out what Greg does, and I'm going to well. You got to it. You better hope the Ravens win too. Well, if they lose, then I'm out, and I that's the way it goes. Um, See you later. One thing that people sleep on with the Ravens is how great the defense has been because yep. all this, all this. Historic stuff going on on offense, but this they finished. Wes, you can help me out with the DVOA on this, but they finished fourth in total defense, third in scoring. They didn't get to the quarterback a ton, but they made big plays, uh, and they have not given up more than twenty points. And we're just saying this needs to be a shootout for the Titans to win. They haven't given up more than twenty points in a game since week five. I mean, they they play on defense. I feel like they play outstanding complementary ball that their aggressiveness on defense fits perfectly with what they do on offense it's just it's awesome i mean that's what that's what championships are usually made of and 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 beating them in baltimore is going to take a heroic uh effort let's pick it uh mark you locked up the ravens what's the score i really admire what the titans have done but i'm going to go 31 20 31 20 I don't. I think that it's going to not go the way it did last week for Tennessee on the ground. Wes, uh, Ravens thirty-eight, Titans thirty-three. Wow, hmm, like respect. it. I like it. Uh, Ravens thirty-seven, Titans twenty-four. Uh, but Titans, hold your head high. You ended a dynasty. We're all proud of you. <laughs> I mean, it was ending this week either way. Thirty-five, twenty-seven. The Ravens. 
All right, uh, let's uh, let's head to the tunnel for halftime and do a little bit of news. Keep pounding isn't just a slogan; it's a way of life. That's what Matt Rule sounds like. <laughs> I didn't I know it was that. Connor Orr. I mean, I thought this this change of. Um, coaches was maybe a chance to move on from from keep pounding i mean i know ricky keep pounding is near and dear to your heart it's so funny i love keep pounding <laughs> it's too. so funny you do i find yeah, it highly tedious it. hey oh, it's no. gonna be tough keep you pounding. might you might not think you're gonna get there you're gonna be tired uh-huh. but you gotta keep, keep pounding. pounding keep it, pounding i mean this is five years old now <laughs> it was cam Newton. it's like the and, same thing as like Chopping wood, keep chopping wood. No, it's so it's, different. It's like when when Rick, it no, is quite yeah, it's it it, it chopping it, like, wood. It could it could inspire our sound drop. You know, yeah. it could inspire Orson Welles. I think taking the Panthers all the way to Poundtown. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Panthers uh, signed Matt Rule to that seven year deal. Seven years, folks, and uh, you would be uh, speaking with a, a little pep as well at your press conference. Uh, any takeaways from the Rule presser, Greg? I I thought he. You know, it's just what does winning a press conference mean? I don't know, but he reminded me of like a preacher. I mean, he is such an amazing public. Man, I don't man know if that's ball. Like, he's such a good public speaker. I think everyone watching that was just understood why he's he has them offering a seven year contract and why every team that's met with him has wanted to do it and. And everything he said, I think, is what you want to hear, too, if you were a, a player or a fan. Like, I don't think he's he's walking in there saying my way or the highway. Uh, I, you know, it, it should be optimistic times in Carolina. It seems like the kind of natural place to watch these pressers in our newsroom is one of cynicism, where if anyone missteps or does anything that isn't 100% appealing to everyone in the room, it's... It, the guy is going to get absolutely massacred inside the NFL Network newsroom <laughs> and a lot of jokes and all that stuff. I get it. And some of them have earned that because some get up there and they don't seem prepared and they're spitting out coach speak and mantras and philosophies. Rule hit me a totally different way. And we talked on Tuesday about how it was Tepper, the owner who went and really sold the Carolina Panthers to Rule. But I could easily see why any owner would be you know, swayed immediately by this guy. He, I don't think he's a, just a bunch of statements. Everywhere he's gone, he's transformed the program. And does that happen in the pros? Totally different situation than college, but a lot to like off of the first experience of seeing him. The recent history of college coaches with no NFL coordinator or head coaching experience is hideously ugly. Hmm. It's that aside, I love the press conference and I am... I think that Tepper is the owner you want as a fan, too. I think it's a great time to be a Panthers fan. What do you think about Tepper tried to change the game in terms of the head coach introductory press conference? He went with walk-up music for both him and Matt Rule, um, which I thought was fun. What was the music? For, you know, for Tepper, it was, it was Imagine Dragons, Lightning and the Thunder. But so, Matt Rule bringing Boom Boom by John Lee Hooker, yeah. one of the great blues songs <laughs> that, of all time. That was, that was a little better, but um, when you were doing know, Lightning man. and the Thunder, it suddenly felt like it was like Silicon Valley, and it, it's like that clip of Bill Gates and uh, Steve Ballmer like rocking out on the stage. I don't know if I need that, but that, by the way, uh, Tepper is a guy, you know, cool dad is the vibe I get off yes. uh, Tepper. And it was fun. I like that they're my, trying new things. My my sons, five and three, Imagine Dragons are the greatest, but they're the Beatles to, to my sons. They <laughs> oh, think no. there's never been a better band than the Imagine Dragons. And then when they did that end of decade, uh, all those retrospectives, like, the four of the six biggest uh, modern rock songs of the decade was Imagine Dragons. So Tepper really? probably crowdsourced this one 
from his people and said, well, we this don't is know what that. will connect me. <laughs> I don't know. I to think the youth. I think know he's that. the no. We I think, know that. I think he's listening. I think he likes Imagine Dragons. <laughs> oh, he loves Imagine Dragons. Um, all right. Uh, then the the press conference that really grabbed me. <laughs> yes, it did. Was Joe Judge? He is introduced by the New York Giants, and you want to talk about winning a press conference? I'm not saying you, the jury could be out if you think he won it or not, but I've never seen a guy that was more determined to win a press conference. A man that. That clearly put in the work. It's like Wes getting to the office early today and and uh, tape grinding, uh, tape dogging. Uh, I couldn't believe it. It was basically a crack of dawn, and Wes is at his desk just studying. Um, that's, never went to sleep last night. That's what I felt watching Joe Judge, who ha- who was intense. He never broke eye contact. It was almost like if Bill Belichick could create uh, like a protege head coach in a lab, and then put it on a stage and and have it talk and move, uh, it would be Joe Judge. So did did I think it worked? I don't know, but certainly I I understood why people were impressed by it. Let's listen to a little bit of Joe Judge, who also did the great move of, because the big thing around Joe Judge, of course, is like, who is this guy? Joe Judge, it's not about who he is. Well, maybe I can explain that a little bit better, but instead of saying, who am I? By telling you what's relevant in this conversation with being a coach in the New York Giants, what I'm about. Yeah! And what I'm about is an old-school physical mentality. It's a tough division in cities full of tough people. Tough people in this city. And they expect to see a program. They expect to see a product Product. that represents them. And I'm going to do everything in my power every day to make sure the people of this city and this area turn on the TV or sit in the stadium seats and are proud to say that we're their New York Giants. This dude. Put him through. I'll go through the wall for Joe Judge. All rise, baby. Yeah, but you were... You were, uh, your heart was a flat. This is what you wanted out of Adam Gase's opening. It was the opposite of the Adam Gase. In fact, talking to a very respected Jets beats re- beat reporter, Adam Gase, one of the things that, that was a disaster about his presser wasn't just that he was looking all over the place and, and just was flighty. He was unprepared. And what Gase didn't get, and Gase's big problem is that he doesn't get things, is what this guy did get. And coming from Bill Belichick, you you are a prepared person. He made sure he wanted to make a good first impression. And I think he really did. I think within the building, I think uh, with certain members of the media, the fan base, I think is going to be all about this presser. It's kind of what the Giants needed after what he happened He got there with early and shook every reporter's hand before it started. Oh, it's very he's Tom, so earnest. He seems very... Um, <laughs> I could see why the, the people who revere Tom Coughlin liked Joe Judge. My favorite line of his from a tweet, Judge says he's not interested in some fancy, in quotes, guru scheme. Kind of just blowing up everything that everyone thinks they're about these days. He's just like, I'm going to come in here and coach the Giants, you know? Dan Steinberger, the Washington Post, had, had one of my favorite tweets ever last week. Life is a never-ending succession of NFL teams adding ping-pong tables with stories about how they're finally coming together as a family and enjoying each other's company. And NFL teams removing ping, ping-pong tables with stories about how they're finally taking football seriously. And this is sort of a corollary of that. Mm. We're done pussyfooting around with this with this fancy offense stuff. We're going defense, toughness, physicality, which marries up pretty eye well. Contact. I eye mean, contact. you can see what Dave Gettleman likes about it. So that uh, I, I also go, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say ESPN.com reports that Judge is expected to speak with former Browns head coach Freddie Kitchens about being part of the team's offensive staff. They worked together for a long time in the past at, at in some college air stops. And How come to the at big one city? Point, Freddie Kitchens, when Judge was just uh, younger on the totem pole, made I've him... I've never been on an airplane. Who's, which one's saying that? Freddie Kitchens? 
It's he's gone. Yeah. He's not connected with you. Uh, I know, but that feels slightly. <laughs> this is what it's what Dan and Damashek used to say about me. When right. I first it's got to be a reality <laughs> show. Freddie, Freddie in the big city. Like, uh, so this is Times Square. Down, Look at all the tall buildings. <laughs> a, a down on his luck coach tries to revive his career in a the, in the big apple. It really New York has pizza. a lot of potential. Joe Judge had down to, on his luck, making like six million a year to do nothing right, right. now. So. Joe Judge uh, had an interesting oh, background. Bullets and everything. <laughs> he uh, he used to be a kindergarten PE coach, and you could totally imagine that that of him as a totally. stern PE coach. And, and if he dealt with the problems in in kindergarten, he could deal with them on the football field. What I learned coaching PE, okay, for three days in West Point School District. Three days. Was I didn't know it was only three days. The patience you have to West have Point. with children, okay. I mean, I had kids, you know, dancing on the windowsills. I had kids, you know, peeing themselves. I had kids doing everything. <laughs> I, just, I just liked hearing them. It's a terrible substitute teacher. Kids peeing themselves like in the introductory presser. Um, all right. Coach Judge. And then Mike McCarthy. Did anybody have a takeaway from that? I, I regrettably missed the Mike McCarthy introductory press conference in Dallas. I. Uh, it was what you would expect. A lot of back slapping. And you could, you could tell... Him buying into the Cowboys' mystique was sort of important. Like, he talked about how he, he told the story of how Jerry Jones finished this long speech about the history of the Cowboys, which he basically gave at the press conference, too. And then he stood up and he said, and you're the man to be the next Cowboys head coach. <laughs> and then, you know, Mike McCarthy, you know, gave him a hug and he said, I knew at that moment I would be telling that story for the rest of my life. Like he's, you know, I think that's what Jerry wants. He wants someone who's going to totally buy in. Doesn't mean he's going to do a, a bad job of it at all, but he seemed perfectly comfortable up there. Like make it suddenly Mike McCarthy is like cracking a lot of jokes about, you know, did, well, it's, did, this, did, it's this did remake catch it you know, or whatever. McCarthy 2.0. Like, yeah. yeah. He also he told Jerry Jones that he diligently poured over tape of every single Cowboys game from last season. Then during the press conference, oddly took that back and said that wasn't true. But he's glad he told Jerry he's Jones a, that. Yeah, that's right. He said, "Yeah, he, they were like, oh yeah, so you watched every Cowboys play, you know?" As you, and he was like, "Well, you know, you say some things when you're in interviews to get the job." Oh my god! <laughs> I guess it is too late. They pens gone to paper. Part of the Cowboys' mystique is real, though. Like, the facilities sure. are more grand talking and about impressive. That, yeah. The star. The history is a little richer than some other places. The ratings the are higher. And there's way more eyeballs on what you're here. doing. There's way more people who care about your team than most franchises. And and unlike, ju- you know, Rule is going with these position coaches or college coaches, at least as coordinator, that have no experience that we don't know much about. You know, McCarthy's assembling kind of an all-star cast, and I think that's what he was getting – you know, hired for Bones Fossil uh, is coming from the Rams. How about that? That's I, that I found to be one of the biggest news items Joe, from yesterday. Joey Phillips, I think, is going to do the offensive line. So he is a guy that has a lot of connect. He's been in the league. He has he had Joey kind Bubble of a Gun. staff ready to go. And in, in the Rams Rams. are losing Bones and Wade Phillips. Okay. Uh, Ricky, you, you had a takeaway from the pressers too. I just think we had a lot of great pressers, but I feel like this was my most favorite moment. Okay. And we're interviewing, we're going on, and Marty Marty You know, so, you know, Marty's going with his toughness, his questions, is that... That was cool dad uh, mocking <laughs> Marty Herney, so the GM. That was so funny to me, like, to hear that on the TVs, and it had, like, no 
context. That, you know what? <laughs> like eight years ago, I could have translated that for you. Marty Herney, who's t- still technically the GM of the Panthers, right? It's funny. I was listening back to our great Peter Schrager conversation, and Schrager made a point like one of the reasons why Panthers were able to seal the deal with rule was like it was just one on one, mano y mano, and it was it was the owner Tepper yeah. straight to rule, and the Giants had a four man army that needed to work things out. Is that, was Marty Herney even like invited to any part of this process? Like not this is worse stage. than Howie Roseman under it's Chip ve- Kelly. It's very similar. He would not be doing these little mocking voices of Herney oh if God. Herney was in the position of power. Marty, no. quit. No jobs worth it. No, no jobs worth this. Hey, I. I disagree. keep your dignity, bro. I disagree. That five, whatever he's making to do whatever he's doing, it's gonna be setting up the Herney grandchildren for years. Just keep your mouth shut. Tepper is doing the total CEO thing. Whenever you take over a company, you spend the first year or two making it very clear that you're the dude, and no one else will challenge you on any level. And he's has some experience. Look at all that. these yellow taxi cabs. They're mean, everywhere. Marty Dan Herney. has like never been to a southern state. Apparently, like this is like the eighth person he's slashing through based on dialect. It's from. New York. We know what he thinks about the South. No, that's not true. Oh. It is entirely I, true. Now, Ugh. see, you can't see, you can't go, Dan only loves America. Now you're going to narrow me down further. Yeah. Yes, uh, we can do that. I love and the, we entire, are, yeah. the entire continental United States. Alaska? I don't know. I don't know about Alaska. I love Alaska. All right, I'm in on Alaska too. Hawaii, <laughs> love on. it. Did my honeymoon there? Give me all 50. All right, let's get back to it. That's what's happening. America in now feeling so much news. better about itself. Uh, let's go with the Sunday game starting 3.05 Eastern. Kickoff the Houston Texans at the Kansas City Chiefs. So, of course, the Chiefs coming off the bye, and they are ready to roll. They got some demons. We know that. Uh, the, the divisional round, Arrowhead Stadium, some bad stuff has happened there in the last 20, 25 years. Uh, but this is a fresh start, and they get the Texans, Greg, um, who – Obviously had that great comeback against the Bills. But also, if you're the Chiefs, you could watch that game last Saturday and be like, oh, we got this. Hmm. We got this, right? If Yeah, if they play that way again, if the offensive line doesn't show up, uh, that was the takeaway I had after having a really good season overall protecting Deshaun Watson. They were a total mess. And I would say that it, that really continued in the fourth quarter. It, that this was a game where rewatching it, it really made me appreciate everything Deshaun Watson did. I think Wes hit the nail on the head when he said star players kind of stepping up in the fourth quarter and taking over because Watson wasn't getting a ton of help. Hopkins made plays on his own. Every time Duke Johnson touched the ball, Whew, what a great game! Man, he at- he, pl- he made a huge play. Six touches, almost all of them he made a huge play. Merciless ended three drives in the fourth quarter alone with big plays, and, and we've talked about J.J. Watt. This was the players, and the the takeaway I would have if I'm watching Kansas City, I'm Steve Spagnuolo, is they could not identify where the pressure was coming from. And this is kind of an old Texans problem. And whatever it is that McDermott was doing in terms of how he was sending people, the offensive line, Watson, the coaching staff, didn't know what to do. There were so many times in that game where they max protected like six, seven players to block four and there was a free rusher where two guys are guarding two, another two guys are guarding two, and then up the like and then there's a free rush and you just can't like you just cannot win. And who is great greater at doing that than Steve Spagnolo? He's done a great job with that all year. And he's got the players, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, the last time we saw them, they were balling. And uh, I just think that's a mismatch that that 
the Texans, there's no part of their team to me that gives the, te- the Chiefs as big of a mismatch as that could be. I, I think it's heartwarming how much you've warmed to Steve Spagnuolo and have credited him all year. He's had a good year. And I think you mentioned what they've got going up front. This is the third time now in, in Honey Badger's career where we've seen him reach all pro level and sustain it for months at a time. And they've been, I believe, the number one defense in the NFL since week 11. Also the number one passer rating against since week 11. Stingiest pass defense in the league. This is a transformed defense, and I think it starts with Honey Badger. And I know they lost Juan Thornhill, but they've got an experienced guy in Daniel Sorensen who steps right in, and they don't lose much there. That's hmm. why I throw out the Week 6 result largely, where yeah. they put up 31 points on Kansas City. And, you know, you can look at what Seattle did and say, well, you dealt with Josh McCown, of course. So we don't, we don't want to see what they go when they go to deal with a real opponent. But I, the Texans game to me, the Bills learned a lot, I hope, as an organization because they came in with zero game plan in the second half. Showed no ability. You can talk about the Texans not scheming well for certain things. I mean, they faced a team that just completely fell apart. And the Chiefs are not going to do that with Andy Reid. I, I understand that Andy Reid in the playoffs has been a different experience, but that's not Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And they're another team. They've been gone for a bit. You can kind of forget about them, but... Travis Kelsey, I mean, Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, I don't see any problem with knocking out a Texans team that, you know, you traded for Laramie Tunsil and, you know, he was a penalty machine last weekend. What was going on there? He couldn't protect either. I think he had his worst game of the season and and that's partly why this Chiefs team is different. The, The Texans are different too because of especially if Will Fuller plays and, and Watt is himself. Well, he's not going to drop three touchdown passes again like he did in week six. Right. Um, but the the Chiefs kind of rarely had all their guys together. And now you got McCole Hardman. Damian Williams, I think, adds a lot compared mm-hmm. to what else they were uh, rolling out there. Frank Clark wasn't really healthy for much of the year, but finished very strong. So they're, they're a healthier team than they used to be. Clark had seven sacks, 11 QB hits, nine tackles for loss, three passes knocked down in the last eight games. Mm. That's what this game comes down uh, to for me is after That's that— That's Daniel Hunter production. Yeah, after that terrible— and after that terrible performance by Tunsil and the Texans, if they if they deliver that type of performance again, this game is going to be ugly. It's going to be one of those Bill O'Brien losses that you know Wes will be dancing in his cubicle over forty four <laughs> to ten. I don't celebrate when like the that. Texans lose, uh, but I'm, I'm telling you that that this game, this is the game team that is most likely to end up in a grisly manner, and that's why I'm locking up the Chiefs this week. I do. I'm also locking up the Chiefs this week. Okay, good. So yes. am I. Wow, we're all together. Oh, you're locking them up. I I adore this. I mean, I'm not exactly because there is another scenario where Deshaun Watson just yes. does special, strange things, Absolutely. and everything goes weird. Absolutely, I think I think there's a route for every one of these underdog teams to win. But this one, I just felt slightly better. All right, I'm going to pull out of my lock. I got to pull out of my lock. Oh, okay. Only because I need to make up ground here. Is this the Ryan Paceball? The Ryan Paceball. Yes. What? Why is it the Ryan Paceball? He. Bypass both oh. of these quarterbacks to oh. draft Mr. Biscuit. A bowl is the right <laughs> right. That is <laughs> toilet that, bowl. That would be the concern because Watson, I think, played really well last week. You wonder if they they'll make him running a little bigger part of the game plan, like going into it. He ran more last week than he did all season. He's he's run uh, less and less every year of of his career in terms of times per game, and yet it's such a big weapon and I empowering if, if, through that, guys if ever you're gonna break it out it feels like this would be the week he's to me so close to Russell Wilson 
to where yeah you Go you got to drive a stake through Russell Wilson's heart to kill him Go to on. make him stop coming back and Deshaun Watson's the same way they they both make pretty good decisions with the ball. I mean great decisions with the ball in their hands they're not just runners they're great decisions it's makers. a concern I mean uh, uh, Dan you know in those like the the old uh, films about being out in the the jungle and they'd be traveling through yes. and then you'd fall into one of those traps where it's a bunch of sticks and leaves right. and there's just a big Wes and Greg just went right in that hole and you just <laughs> you just saved yourself well I caught myself into. you did I and then a, good like move. a vine so I, was thrown up so if like, I waited till the end of the segment and then then you would have just been stuck and like someone throws a vine I pull it up and there's Mark and he looks so hot just like he's wearing like a safari outfit and a little bit of sweat but a little bit of dirt but also just like I've never seen his body look so great you just want to like, keep pounding yeah keep pounding um, okay. yeah I'm not concerned about that right. cartoon scenario you laid out there <laughs> don't be be I'm concerned about it on Sunday night the, the, okay. the, be concerned about yours let me, let me say not. the people should kind of check themselves a little bit is like with playing the Will Fuller's back so the Texans will be back with their offense um, because how do we know if this guy's got any if he's got more than three series in him I guess you could say the same thing last week about J.J. Watt but J.J. Watt is superhuman he's J.J. Watt's was not a, running 4-3 right. down the sideline and it was a torn it's a different pack. situation and J.J. Watt frankly did not you know I think if they look at last week's game I, he'll probably be stronger this week but they struggled on some of those runs to the outside a lot of the misdirection he had kind of a, a un-J.J. Watt game as, as a run defender well he wasn't even on the field for run plays right. early in which the game is why, which is why I think they, they kept him off was maybe Maybe that wasn't going to be his M.O. right coming right off the bench. And maybe he'll be better. But if you think about their like speed at linebacker and just the things that Kansas City can do in terms of running, whether it's Hardman or Hill or Williams on these end arounds. I mean, man, Andy Reid with a couple weeks off, he just he's going to throw a lot at you and test like the edges. It's the defense. I, I think Watson might play right. great, and it's just the defense I Tyreek, can't imagine for Houston Tyreek stopping Tyreek Hill against these cornerbacks? I mean, I just have visions of that Steve Smith game against the Bears where he's just going bonkers for 200 yards. All right, let's pick it. Mark? Um, Kansas City, 32. Texans, 28. Wes. Chiefs 34, Texans 18. I got Chiefs 40, Texans 10. Has any human wow. ever tracked these these Chiefs picks on 40, level? Texans 10. <laughs> You're not locking it up. What a you heel turn on the No, I did lock them up, but I had to pull out for the – I'm down two games, so I got to go somewhere ah. Go back in that trap. <laughs> uh, I have the, the Chiefs 37, the Texans – 27. Watch out for this guy, Rashad Fenton. They, they suddenly played him in week 17 last. Uh, he's a cornerback. And, and uh, yeah, he's a cornerback for the Chiefs, and he balled out. And he, he might be, who knows? I wouldn't be surprised if he's starting this game. The final game of divisional round weekend is a 6.40 p.m. kickoff Eastern Seahawks at Packers. Seahawks survive the Eagles C squad last week. Uh, need to be better to beat the Packers. But we also don't know quite. Uh, what to expect, Greg, from the Packers, who coming off a bye week and their last here's a here's a number very interesting actually I didn't even notice this but their last four weeks of the season twenty points twenty one points twenty three points twenty three points they just don't score a lot of points and that removes margin of error for any team especially a top seed. It's unbelievable to enter a Packers playoff game where they're at a disadvantage at quarterback. 
I don't even think. Ooh. I mean, it's not arguable. I mean, who knows? Maybe Rodgers plays great, but he I'm wasn't. Sure, you'd find people that would argue, but I know he, what you're he saying. wouldn't. He wasn't in the class of Russell Wilson throughout the season, and certainly not, you know, in December. How Rodgers was playing? I mean, it's probably back. Who was their quarterback the last time they would have had a a disadvantage? Did Don Mikowski ever make the playoffs? I don't think he ever he did. did. Yes, he did. I mean, he didn't get the nickname Magic Man for nothing, and, Greg. And hopefully, hopefully. Um, Seattle recognizes that, and they they let Russ eat. You know, let him cook. Russ versus Go the on. world. Bombs away. Throw on early downs. Don't wait till yeah. third and ten. If you're Mike Patton and you saw what happened last game with the Seahawks, you're like, yeah, please run Travis Homer between the tackles against Kenny, that's, Kenny Clark. That's please. what I'm, what I'm kind of saying. Same thing with Brian Schattenheimer. It's the same thing with Bill O'Brien in the last game we talked you know, watch this game film, see what didn't work last week, and, you know, lean on what works and do what Russell Wilson does best, which is bombing teams into oblivion, making plays with his legs, just like Deshaun Watson shouldn't be uh, waiting until the third quarter to be using his legs to make the offense move. Mm. Uh, Schottenheimer is always a guy that's a figure that you study and say, oh, is he part of the solution or the problem? Um, But I don't think this is a game where – you need a monster performance from the Seattle offense. It just doesn't seem like so that's why not the way get, this why, is. Why not go for one? Well, I mean, I'm sure they'll try. I mean, they also feel like a car where like running out of gas. I mean, you you're you don't have your top three running backs. We don't know what's happening with Dwayne Brown. There's whispers that he's that he might play, but Pete Carroll kind of famously kind of over. Get those situations as he pumps up what the availability of And even the other players. guys, I think they had four offensive linemen mispractice Four, four on, linemen mispractice. Ziggy Ansah, Will Disley's been gone forever. Michael Kendricks went to our... I mean, this is a roster... You know, we're talking about the, the Niners and the Vikings and other teams getting healthy. These guys, it is, it is smoke and mirrors right now, and I couldn't have any more admiration for the Seahawks, but I could see it coming to an end uh, in a game where it's meant to be about 25 degrees, and that does not count the blustery winds. Well, that's the difference between the two quarterbacks. And th- and that's kind of the equalizer that Aaron Rodgers has played 31 games below freezing. And his numbers in those games are better than his career numbers. He's a better quarterback in bad weather. And Russell Wilson's a worse quarterback in bad weather. Hmm. And the, the matchups for Seattle, like for the most part, are terrible. Um, but they did... I thought stay pretty aggressive after they got in that two minute situation against Philadelphia late in the first half. I was encouraged that they kept going bombs away, not just to finish off the game on that third and 10, but like the first play after they hit Metcalf for that long touchdown, the next first down they have, they go long and those receivers lock it and Metcalf, especially against these Packers cornerbacks I don't know. That, that's Let's, that's your route, I, I think, and you're hoping that Petten sends the house and you get some some man coverage and, and Russell just makes you look bad by evading free rushers and, and goes deep. Well, that, there's a flip side to that. Russell Wilson is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league versus pressure this year. Mm. He has been he has been less than what he's been in years past when it comes to pressure, and part of that is because their offensive line is a little bit worse than it was last year. Way worse, I think. And yeah. the Packers have the um, they had the highest pressure rate in the NFL all year. With Zedarius Smith, Preston Smith, and Kenny Clark all bringing heat. There was it was a lot of similar plays with their offensive line too, where they left in seven players. I'm, I'm thinking of one of their big play, the the Russell Wilson 22 yard run, where they had seven guys in to block four, and they still got pressure on Russell Wilson, and he had to run to kind of save Go the off. day and. Like the matchup, the old you know truisms like you win football in the trenches. It's like the Packers trenches. 
will trash the Seahawks trenches. I wish that was your regular <laughs> voice. On both on both uh, sides of the ball. Like the defensive line, Kenny Clark and and Zadarius Smith and the offensive line. I you Clowney was okay last week. Um but he he goes for so many big plays that he gives up some big plays too in the running game, and that that's tough against. Aaron I know Jones. it feels I know it feels like twenty years ago, but that first half against the Detroit Lions raised some just genuine concerns about the Packers' ability to go through, you know, multiple games in the NFC and score points when they need to. I, I think outside of Devontae Adams, it's just like who can you count on? I, part of Aaron Rodgers struggling is, and I you, you know other t- other quarterbacks don't have a flurry of weapons around them either, but. He's just there's not a lot of guys in the passing game that Aaron Rodgers can make can consistently make plays with. Here's the thing. We've been very patient with you Aaron Rodgers. It it is time for you to be Aaron Rodgers again. So and if you're not, let us know. Be terrible in this game, lose to the Seahawks at home in the divisional round so we can officially recalibrate who you are. Uh, because you look at what he's facing. This is a Seahawks team that can't stop the pass. That can't rush the quarterback. They're beat up. You're in your building. You've had two weeks to prepare. To prepare. Mm. Will you put up 30 points, Aaron Rodgers? Mm. Will you go win a football game? Do, do we need to sweat out 20 to 17 mm. here? Yes. Can yes, we, we just I think win a game? And I'll lock up the Packers because I, I'll be on the Rodgers Hill uh, for this game. And I've been waiting for two years for him to get back to being Aaron Rodgers. But if, he, if they fail again and they put up 17 points and they let Russell Wilson do something Russell Wilson-like and get beat at home, mm. the whole thing, you got to take a closer look at this entire operation starting at the QB <laughs> position. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. And you'll have disappointed Dan, which I think but, will be the cruelest but, blow. But them. this idea, yeah. <laughs> this idea uh, that we've always said, well, the only problem with the Packers offense is they don't have enough weapons around them or they can't get in sync. Well, let's see Aaron Rodgers rise above it. Uh, let me drop my cornhole theory on you. Yes. So you've gotten to the point now where you're pretty good in cornhole. You think you can hit the hole pretty much whenever you want, no matter where the other guy's bags are. After a couple of Tito's, sure. Yeah, so <laughs> you get to the point. I think a lot of good cornhole players get to the point where they stop worrying about the other guy's bag and just go for the hole. No matter what the situation calls for, they're still going for that hole because they know they can do sure, it. They've put done it in it the before. hole. You want the challenge. That's how Aaron Rodgers plays quarterback the last few years. I'm going for the hole every time. I'm not going to take the check down. <laughs> I'm not going to take the slant. I'm going deep down the field. All of these, hmm. oh, he just barely missed the throw with perfect loft, perfect trajectory, perfect t- timing. He wants the big ones. Because the guy's covered. It's a West. hard throw. You're, you're putting it into a keyhole every time. To extend this analogy further, let's say you and I are throwing corn. We're throwing bags. I throw first, all right? Your honor, your honor. I put it not in the hole, but right in front of the hole. And your famous line when that happens is what? I think son of a biscuit, you might say. Oh, uh <laughs> Bollocks? Bollocks? Wow. Son of a building because block? Because that, yeah, that jacks up the round uh, because you have a blockade. Rodgers, instead of playing a more strategic game and taking what the board gives Ugh. him, he's still going for the hole. Start just trying to it's accumulate a, points. It's But it, there's a thing. When you are good enough to hit that hole, then you're the best. And it's, I think when he when he thinks about how to play quarterback, it's like the, the best quarterback has to make the best throws, whereas I think Brady and Breeze think – the best quarterback has to make the right throws. And right. he could do it. But he throws the ball. He also throws the ball away more. We're talking and, cornhole and avoids, here, Greg. Uh, interception. All right, but to extend the cornhole analogy. All right. So he's always going for the hole. He's going he, for the airmail. He's, he's putting he's it not, over the bags He's not into the taking hole. what the board gives him. What defense is more suited uh, or more known for kind of giving you 
the the easier throws, but not the tough ones than the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, when I think Pete Carroll's defense, that's what I think. They're going to make you. They're not the most talented Seahawks defense, but they're going to make you work down the field. Thing is, Rogers is good enough slowly. to do it. He's good enough to right. do it. Like, but when will you he think be patient him, enough? They, they, they are style? not a defense that gives up big plays. They're they're okay if you can go down in ten plays and beat us and and do everything right. Go for it. What's it, every quarterback has a style they play with? What's his style? I would argue that it's that sideline throw to Jared Cook. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make the most difficult throw, and I'm the only one who can pull it off. That's Aaron Rodgers' playing style. Mm. Little braggy. I think that might be his personality, and too. To win in cornhole, you got to win. You got to get 21. I don't want 21. This is where the analogy ends. I want 30 plus points. <laughs> it's never and, ending. And I want, I want 30 to 14 and go win a ball game and coast into a championship Sunday, locking up the GB. Well, I, I don't know what you're doing, Dan, with that one, but we'll see. <laughs> well, you you're, were just you're on Seahawks corner. Seahawks. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. You're on you're Seahawks on. corner. I, I mean, will... that was always a manufactured joke. Please. No, it's not. No, it's not a joke. I you're locking you know. against them. No, it has nothing. It's never being on Seahawks corner to me doesn't mean that I root for them like I root for the Jets. It means they're a fun team. They're not a team. Not for them at all. You're like not rooting for you them did. Sunday. You read the tea leaves improperly in August and said, oh, they're not going to be good this year. And I said, Greg, this team figures it out. Yeah. I'm going on this corner while you bail. So, but I don't think it's a Super Bowl team. And I, I just, and I don't think, quite frankly, the Packers are either. But I think this is a good draw for Green Bay, who might be a little vulnerable, but I think the Seattle Seahawks are the worst. Bit, bitterly uh, disappointing to lose this game if you're Green Bay. I get that they're not the same 13-3 and team as the, you know, the 89 Niners or something, but give they, me a break if you don't take fresh, care of business They're fresh, they're talented, they, you know, they've had their moments. and Defense is playing I, great lately. I, right, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers needs to have that big game. The Seahawks have given up 162 yards per game on the ground over the last five per. I mean, they're one of the, it, you know, we were talking about their lack of a pass rush. That That's one of the worst rush defenses in the league. Even the Eagles with Josh McCown and, and Boston Scott had a pretty good day running the ball uh, against them. They they have not been able to just slow down opponents. And so it's, you know, Aaron Jones, I think, could be the one who ends up, you know. Why rolling, not have that rolling. be your plan? I mean, like spend the first half trying just to maul them with the run. And by the way, mm. Don Mikowski went 10-6 and six with the Packers but did not uh, play right, a yeah. playoff game. But he did play a playoff game with the Lions for any Packers fans trying to construct a tweet right now. <laughs> delete it. So Lynn Dickey was the last Packers quarterback that might have had a disadvantage in a playoff game. Lynn Dickey. Um, Pick the game, Mark. Um, I think Green Bay will win this game. No, I'm going to go Seattle. They're gonna, Seattle wins 1917. Uh, the whole time you were going to pick Green Bay, but now that Dan locked no, up no, the no, Packers, no, I am on Seahawks corner too. And as much as you can describe it as you think it's a sham or something, I genuinely find them fun in the playoffs and would like to see them advance. Were they fun last week? That game was very fun. Josh McCown and, you know, suddenly DK Metcalf, Metcalf takes off into the skies. I'm all set fun. with Seattle. Wes. <laughs> Packers 30, Seahawks 22. I'm all set with Seattle, says the guy on Seahawks corner. Well, till August. Um, 35-17. That, that's my, my pick. Wow. Packers. Give me five touchdowns, Aaron Rodgers. Let's go. That I, is audacious. I do have the Packers winning as well, 23-20. to 20. Okay. Nice close game. Good stuff. Uh, we... We'll be back on Sunday night recapping all the games we just previewed, so make sure you check that out. And a reminder that the Around the NFL broadcast, our television program in a limited run on NFL Network, will air Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, with re-airs in the early morning 
uh, on Saturday. So please support it. Check us out. And we did. Mark was right. Um, what he said on our last show that we got good good numbers. People wa- turned out and turned on the TV and watched our show, and that was awesome to hear. So uh, please keep supporting the show. Uh, we love you. And um, they do say in TV the whole thing. Like we got we rallied everyone to watch last week, but people in general. Don't, you know, they have other things to do come week two. If suddenly we are the eighth or ninth show out of eight or nine, Don't you might not see existence. us again. Well, no. no. I mean, we're going to rock the ratings, but that requires that, people to We're getting come that live game like, lead-in. We just got to roll. Rock yeah. the ratings. Good pep talk. Is, it, is this still done with like people, little machine, Nielsen rating box on top of someone's like television? I don't know. It's a good question. I feel like we should be DVR. That. DVRs are part of it. I don't know. Does All right. I feel like we need a physical box on top. <laughs> Let's go. Don't know how it works. This is Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm. The mailman. The old boss. Rick Hollywood. And the whole gang behind the glass. Till Sunday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.